Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy Files series with a look at Odo Beckham Jr. and this Browns passing game. Going to be focusing most of the attention here on OBJ. Got a little bit of Jarvis Landry talk, but honestly, it's just a more kind of crowded passing game. I think a lot of people give it credit for. At number three wide receiver, we're looking at some sort of rotation between Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, maybe even Kadero Hodge. And at tight end, we got Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant, and still Dave and the Joku. So I like those guys. Donovan Peoples-Jones actually averaged like over two yards per hour run last year. I think Harrison Bryant flashed when he's been given an opportunity. I've been begging for Njoku to go anywhere else over these last few years. I just think, you know, that wide receiver three spot in the tight end committee, a bit too crowded in what figures to be a run first offense again with Kareem Hunt, you know, certainly getting his fair share of targets as well. Uh, just situations I'm going to end up staying away from, even though, again, there are talented guys out of that group. But focus in on the artist known as OBJ, ODB, whatever you want to go with. So I think he gets an unfair kind of national media portrayal, you know, for someone that really, he, he hasn't hurt anyone. Has he, you know, what's the right word? Has he almost hurt his own career uh, at times? Sure, you can make that argument. The boat trip, proposing the kicking nets. It's a tough argument to make, but I understand he's, you know, d- done things that some would call immature over the years. Just realize, you know, there are far worse players and people, mostly people, in the National Football League than OBJ. So, you know, does he need to be proposing the kicking nets, you know, throwing a tantrum on the sidelines? No. But other than that Josh Norman game from 20, uh, what was it, 17, when he freaking need the guy in the head. Other than that, which I, I understand that is a pretty big uh, discretion right there. Other than that, we have not had any issues of OBJ being anything other than, you know, uh, I, I guess we could say other than a great NFL football player and U.S. citizen. So good stuff from OBJ overall. We just have not seen him be the same monster in Cleveland that he was during the first part of his career with the Giants. Just realized it hasn't been that far off, at least in terms of OBJ's later career with the Giants. I mean, Beckham is only averaging... fewer yards per target with the Browns than he did with the Giants from 2016 to 2018. And by the way, that was 2015, the Norman game uh, from before. My apologies. The issue has been volume and really just some unluckiness from OBJ. So first with the unlucky uh, nature of just what he's been dealing with, 2019, as great as Baker Mayfield was at the end of 2018, he was equally bad uh, in that year. And we saw Beckham tied with Mike Evans in terms of total uncatchable targets at 27. Remember, Evans' quarterback this year was... Jameis in his 30 for 30 quest. Uh, Beckham was second in uncatchable end zone targets with six and first in uncatchable deep ball looks with a whopping 16. I believe nobody else even had more than 11. So you didn't see instances of Beckham, you know, being open and just dealing with all these drops and and this and that. It was usually Baker either targeting Beckham when he was covered or just not being able to put it on him when he happened to break open. So there was always this, you know, Baker getting Beckham, getting the trade, you know, it being really the big year. I mean, the hype for the Browns before 2019 was absolutely wild. And OBJ was kind of supposed to be, uh, you know, the key that would unlock an even better version of both Mayfield 
in the Browns offense. So I understand that did not come to fruition, but you know, we're just kind of grading him on such a severe curve because of how good he was as a rookie. I, I think we're kind of over glossing things a bit. So obviously last year restricted to six games as a whole. Again, he's only averaged 0.5 fewer yards per target over these past years. And he did with the Giants 2016, 2018. The issue has been volume more than anything, which typically tends to be the root cause of the problem in fantasy football. From 2014 and 2018 with the Giants, Beckham averaged over 10 targets per game in every single season. Look, I was wrong when I thought that Baker would be an improvement from the 2018 version of Eli Manning. And I guess one of the things I didn't put enough emphasis on was just the volume issue. And hey, we also saw Beckham not really play as well with it. So it's it's a bit of a two-edged, a double-edged sword for sure. But 2019, only 8.3 targets per game. 2020, just 6.1 targets per game. More, a better 2020 number is seven targets per game if we exclude OBJ's two-snap performance in week seven. You know, just realize the bigger drop-off for Beckham has been volume, not efficiency like a lot of people would want you to know. Because, man... The amount of people on Twitter and even people paid to do their job that truly seem to believe this offense would be better without OBJ is just maddening to me. Look, Baker is better when he is going through his progressions, when he is not locking on to one single receiver. Any quarterback is better at that point, but Baker in particular, I think, really uh, thrives when he can just put his foot in the ground, throw the ball to the guy that you know the play design, the coverage dictates, and go with it because... No one's questioning this dude's arm strength. He's very accurate. The issues that I think Baker's had the most uh, uh, problems with is like in 2019, especially if he, if he doesn't hit the first read, if he's not working within the structure of the play, he is not athletic enough at the NFL level to escape these defensive ends like he could have time, uh, you know, at Oklahoma. So, you know, Baker, we have seen him not have the same kind of level of willingness to target uh, his just number one receiver when Beckham has been out. So uh, Mayfield, Targeted his first read on just 58% of his dropbacks in 22 games with Beckham over the past two seasons compared to 63% without. Only Aaron Rodgers posted a better PFF passing grade than Mayfield when targeting their first read after week seven. So... Again, it was really good from Baker in that second half of the season, but let's not, you know, completely freak out about it. It wasn't like this offense was terrible when Beckham was out there. In fact, they were pretty damn good people. They had letdowns in week one against the Ravens. They only scored six points. And in week six against the Steelers, they only scored seven points. In between that, we had 35, 34, 49, and 32 points. Yeah, they benefited from playing the Bengals and Cowboys in that stretch, but Washington and Indy, those are two, two of anyone's ideas of very good defenses so you know Beckham was a big part of those games the Cowboys game you know he took over basically with three touchdowns including that breathtaking reverse to the house and even that Bengals game man he put William Jackson a very good number one corner on ice skates with a sick double move down the sideline we saw some instances of the yak goodness Beckham to me looked has looked like the same guy we've seen in, in in wearing New York Giants uniform when he's been with the Browns. It's just been a little bit more few far in between because we haven't seen him get the ball enough because that's how important volume is. So with that in mind, you know, can we be confident he's going to see more volume and efficiency in 2021? It, it's tough because for a lot of guys, you know, we know they have the efficiency and we just want the volume or vice versa. For Beckham, we unfortunately need to take two leaps of faith, but I thought my co-worker here, PFF Sam, uh, Sam Monson, obviously him and Steve, uh, you know, heading up our NFL podcast, but he had a great uh, 2021 breakout candidate piece released earlier this offseason. And this was Sam's quote on OBJ, who was his selection to break out from the Browns. 
Cleveland's offense has actually been significantly better without Beckham on the field than with him. While many consider the logical conclusion to that for being for Beckham to get traded away, I'm instead going to say that a coach as good as Kevin Stefanski can figure out how to mesh one of the game's most talented players with an offense that cooks on gas in his absence. And that's it, people. Like, Whatever you want to use, film, stats, like Beckham is one of the best wide receivers to play in the NFL over the past six years. I understand more of that came, you know, at the beginning part of that time frame than where we are now. But like, come on, you can't look at me straight in the eye and say that Rashard Higgins is a better football player than Odell Beckham. Ideally, we get the version of Baker when Rashard's out there on the field. The guy that's not focused on feeding one player, the guy's focused on just picking up yards. We get that version of Baker Mayfield with a true coverage shifting talent like OBJ so you know I, I think in this offense OBJ is the better fit than Jarvis Landry and we saw that last year I mean OBJ I believe it was my uh, Andrew Erickson who you can find every Wednesday on this podcast he brought up this crazy stat where Beckham actually had more deep ball targets than Landry did the entire season so a bit better efficiency and just a little more volume in year two in Stefanski's offense could really produce the wide receiver one version of Beckham that we have been hoping for a couple quick notes on Jarvis Landry. It is absolutely wild the way this dude has crushed his ADP over the years. In 2015, ADP wide receiver 17 finishes wide receiver 8. The next year, wide receiver 15 finishes wide receiver 14. 2017, wide receiver 29 finishes wide receiver 5, even in Cleveland. I mean, he's never missed the mark by more than one spot in terms of ADP and uh, you know what he goes on to produce. So Landry, while I did think he kind of took a step back last year and the stat will tell you this too. I mean, it's easy to see why. He had that the late offseason hip surgery where like there was a lot of question marks if he would even be ready to go by week one. And I do think we saw as the season went on, Landry get healthier and accordingly start playing better. So to me, Landry, who's sitting there right now with a PPR wide receiver 38 ADP, I'm not, you know, really chasing that because I think it's an appropriate spot last year, even in a best case scenario where Beckham got hurt. He only finished as the PPR wide receiver 36. But once again, I think you'd be hard pressed to really say that Landry isn't going to be able to meet uh, what he's kind of being priced at before the draft. So Landry, I'm not, you know, actively chasing him. Uh, at the moment in Fantasyland, but I do think it's another example of him being priced much closer to his floor uh, than his ceiling. Now onto our PFF Lily stat for Mr. OBJ. So this one's a little goofy, but basically in 2014 and 2015, Odell Beckham had 15 games with at least 100 yards and 25 touchdowns. And then on New Year's Eve 2015, Kanye West raps, I'm over reckless on my Odo Beckham. Shortly after, again, Beckham just put a knee right to Josh Norman's head. So after Kanye West had to put Odo Beckham in facts, OBJ from 2016 to 2020, only 11 games with at least 100 yards, just two more touchdowns for a total of 27. So did Kanye West ruin OBJ? I don't know. You tell me. You guys want to come at me with the simple look at Baker's splits with and without OBJ? It's that easy. So why can't we blame it on you know, Kanye West instead? I kid, I kid. But uh, really, people, I do think we need to be careful about this sample. We d It's only seemingly used to pin against OBJ. Like, we can be ridiculous with these wide receiver ones in the quarterbacks. I mean, let's, you know, this is firmly tongue-in-cheek here, everyone, but like Drew Locke improved most of his numbers in 2020, even though Cortland Sutton was out. Russell Wilson averaged more yards per attempt in 2018. They did in 2019 and 2020. Is that because DK Metcalf's on the field? How come Kirk Cousins averaged more yards per attempt in 2020 than he ever had right after they traded Stephon Diggs? Again, 
Obviously, Diggs, Metcalf, Sutton are all great wide receivers. Their quarterbacks would be better off with them than without them. And the same thing is true in Cleveland. So please, for the love of God, stop telling me the Browns are better off without Odell Beckham Jr. With all that said, OBJ is my wide receiver 29 entering the 2021 season. I know, I know, it's not a huge step in the positive direction, but that does match his underdog ADP. I think where he's going is a good spot to scoop him up because even when he has not been great in Cleveland, which, okay, it's been his whole career, he's been better than this. In 2019, he was a PPR wide receiver 25, and even last year, he was the wide receiver 19 before he got hurt in weeks one through six. So to me, I'm drafting OBJ ahead of Robbie Anderson, Corlin Sutton, the 49ers wide receivers. I probably would take the Bengals trio, Devontae Smith, DJ Moore, and Kenny Galladay ahead of OBJ. Again, it's just in this run-first offense, man. And I, I can see opening it up, but that's a leap of faith. We just we have two leaps of faith with Beckham. It's improving the efficiency with Baker and some actually getting, you know, a wide receiver one viable workload. I would just say that, you know, him being priced as a wide receiver three, like the best version, the best version of Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield still results in OBJ being a wide receiver one in fantasy football. So for me, that's a scenario and a pipe dream I'm willing to chase at the lowest we've ever had to spend on the artist known as OBJ. Thank you for listening, everybody. I would encourage you to also check out the rest of our podcast network, which covers everything NFL, college, and fantasy football. Recap the NFL draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gales, two-for-one drafts podcast, or get all 2021 betting content you need with the PFF forecast. I'd also be remiss if I didn't mention that if you like fantasy football and if you like playing fantasy for money, you need to check out Underdog Fantasy. Underdog's got everything, including season-long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season-long game where you draft a team like you normally do, but that's it. There's no in-season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. So go to Underdog Fantasy and deposit $10 using promo code PFF and get a free PFF Edgeneral subscription. That's promo code PFF. Draft now at Underdog Fantasy. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Ian Harditz. You can find my work on PFF.com, Twitter, at iHarditz. Have a 100-article in a 100-day series. So, yeah, people, if you like what I have to say or if you just like, you know, getting informed on it and making your own opinions, I got an article, in at least one article and podcast per day for you and will continue to do so all the way up until the lead up of the season. So, I'm working hard. I want all of us to win our fantasy football drafts this year, each and every one, and uh, we'll continue to try to put in the grind, put in the hours to make that dream a reality. So thank you for, as always, for tuning in. Until next time, take care, everybody. 